Hello, world. Welcome back to Golf Subpar with Colt Nost and Drew Stoltz. Sleazy man, I'm a little tired today, my man. Coming off of a week in Vegas. Long trip. Long, Long trip. You trip. look like you look like death if and I mean that in the best way possible. Like a good death. Well, I don't think that's very nice. That's a long, long ways. If death looked good, that's what you look like. Four Listen. nights in Sin City. Four nights, five days. But Ooh. I'm here. I'm ready to rock. But first, we're gonna go over to Japan. Hideki Matsuyama wins the Zozo by five, which looked like if you didn't watch the golf tournament, it looks like a little bit of a runaway. Obviously, winning by five at the end of the day, but it was actually a little bit of a battle between him and Cameron Dragali going down the stretch on Sunday. Yeah, Cameron Dragali took the lead on the back nine on the tenth hole and made a birdie. Took a one shot lead over Decky, made no more bogeys. Excuse me, no more birdies the rest of the way, and then two bogeys on seventeen, eighteen. A little costly yeah, uh, in terms of the pocketbook, and then yeah, Hideki made. Uh, a few more birdies eagle on 18 and then you know against cameron's bogey it made it look a lot worse than it was but it was close and i mean hideki going in they were talking to him at the start of the week he was coming off uh in vegas the prior week he's last dead last in strokes game putting didn't have quite the best week on the greens and they said he said uh you know if my game was a 10 at augusta national i'm a one right now so just set the bar extremely low and then bam goes out wins by five yeah you never know it's a tough deal for hideki obviously being the face of golf in japan Going over there, he is 1,000% the fan favorite. Pretty much every fan they allowed out there on the golf course was watching Hideki Matsuyama. And to go over there and get the W, you got to tip your cap to him because that's absolutely incredible. You know, we were very high on him going into the week. But to go over there and get the job done when all the pressure is on, on you, I mean, you got to tip the cap to him. That was a, a hell of a performance. Like you said, he, you could see. He was not confident in his game. I mean, I've never seen Hideki really show much emotion. He was kind of beating himself up a little bit out there. But at the end of the day, it's his seventh PGA Tour win. Now he's only one win behind KJ Choi for most wins wins by an Asian player. And I would go out on a limb and say he's going to pass KJ at some point. Good chance of it. Good <laughs> chance. One more to uh, tie the record there. But, yeah, his putter was so bad in Vegas. And then you saw him over there. I still thought over the putter, like, he looked like he was thinking a lot. It seems like he stood over the ball for a long time. But it worked, and it just shows how that stuff can switch, you know, week in, week out. But if you look at him at Augusta and how much time he put in on that putter, and then look at him over there, nobody that I can think of changes his hand position as much with his putter as Hideki Matsuyama. His hands look so low. He's got to have multiple putters, I would think, and different lie angles so he can get the putter to sit flat on the ground regardless of where his hands are. But, uh, I mean, it just goes to show he always does the, like, one-handed follow-through, and then the ball goes to oh. 10 feet. I just There was, like, a ton of that this week. But, uh, yeah, when he when that putter goes, he's tough to beat because Tita Green – He's a monster. Yeah, so congratulations, Hideki Matsuyama. All right, Sleaze, now it's time to go to Vegas. Five days, the real four event. nights, Sin City. Went up and played with my buddy Ben Lamb, professional poker player and the member guest at Southern Highlands. Fantastic golf course. Unbelievable well-run event. Had so much fun, but it didn't come with a price because I'm tired. But I'm going to perform, and it's going to be okay. But I'll take you a little through the little highlights of the week. Okay. By the way, Feed very me. long member guest. Wednesday practice round. Thursday um, was modified alternate, alternate shot. No, no, sorry, mo not modified alternate shot. It was a shamble. 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 Big Everybody difference. tees off. You pick the best one. You play from there. Okay? We were actually in the second flight, believe that or not. That's nice. My man Ben Lamb carrying a 10 handicap. They had me as a plus one. We missed just being in the championship flight by one shot, which I wasn't too upset about. No, I guess when you're at the top of your flight, you're giving shots to everybody else you're playing. If you're at the bottom of the championship, you're probably getting shots from everybody. But the second flight, not bad to be in. Not at all. We go out, we shoot nine under the first day. Then it's just true best ball on Friday. So everybody, you finish out, you take the best one of the two. 
which most of the time was my score for a while, until I did do something I haven't done in a very long time, hit an absolute hosel rocket shank 8-iron off a tee on a par 3. Bad lie. Caught a bad lie off the tee. It happens. By the way, you're in good company. You know who else hosled one uh, over in Japan? Uh, I'll, t- I'll give you a hint. Best iron player on the planet. Colin Morikawa. Correct. So We're, We get confused for each other a lot. You know, happens to the best of us. Happens a little hosel off the tee, a little different. We got a little perch there with the eight <laughs> iron. But that hosel can creep up on you, especially when you and your hands are trembling on the tee. Yeah, had, you know, we, we like to get amongst it on this show. And where else you is gotta better to live the brand it? if yeah. we're going to talk about it. You got to go live it. Totally. So we end up shooting nine under in, on Friday. We're at 18 under. We're leading our flight by four. Winner of each flight gets into the shootout, which is the goal at the start of the week. Well, my boy Ben Lamb started getting a little nervous, started texting me a little too often, saying I need to go to bed. I need to get well rested. We're teeing off at 9 o'clock on Saturday morning, which, by the way, is really hard to do in Vegas. May or may not have convinced him the next morning that I ended up in jail. Okay. I help it from my good friend Jim Fernholz. Explain. I was like, dude, he's, he's worried about me. I'm awake. I woke up at 645, ready to go, had a coffee. Um, so I text my man Fernie. I was like, we need to mess with Ben. Maybe, maybe call him and try to see if he can get the pro to switch us to the afternoon because you got to go bail me out right now. And so he calls him. He's like, Ben, listen, it's not a big deal. Like, he didn't really do anything wrong. He's got his public intoxication. Public urination. He's like, but I got to go bail Colt out right now. And he's like, are you kidding me? He's freaking out. He's all upset about it and everything. He's texting me. I need you to call me. I'm worried about you. First off, Ben, I haven't been to jail, but I'm pretty sure they don't let you have your phone. Right. I, would think. I don't know. I've yeah, never they, been to take jail. Take the shoelaces out of your shoes. I'm pretty sure they're not giving you a phone. Yeah. So he starts calling on text and worried. And finally, I just, I stop. I don't answer at all. I just go to the golf course and all of a sudden there comes, in comes Ben. I'm like, hey, partner, how we doing? Hey, bud. <laughs> don't worry. So I got friends. We, we just had to mess with Ben a little bit. He took it very, very serious all week. He wanted to win. It was a big deal to him. So we got a four shot lead going in the last day. Modified alternate shot. We both tee off. We pick which one we want. And then it's alternate shot from there. A little bit of stress. A lot harder format. You're only getting to control half of them, and he's got to be involved a lot more. What does he do right out of the gate? Pumps it out of bounds. I haven't even teed off yet. Okay? We can it play happens. my tee shot. I haven't even teed off yet. He goes, Colt, all we got to do is make pars today. Okay? Thanks, Ben. Yeah, thanks. Got Great it. advice. Four-shot well, lead with nine holes left. Got it. Taylor Montgomery, Corn Ferry Tour player, was nice enough to come out and caddy for us, and he just goes, Ben, shut the fuck up. Let's just play and see what happens. Like ben, it's gonna be fine. We got it. We don't sit down at a poker table and tell you how to play. Exactly. I said if I need advice on it, how, when I need to fold, I'll ask you. Don't tell me how to play this game. So I hit it down the middle. He hits a wedge to like five feet. I don't even sniff making this thing. And he goes, "Yep, we're gonna lose. We're dead." And he's dead serious. Like, and I was like, "Dude, just relax." Go on to bogey the next hole. Go on. He's trying to lay up on a par five after my tee shot with a five iron. He dead tops it. It goes on toppable club goes on the edge of the bunker. I can't even hit it. I got to pitch it out sideways. He hits the next one in the water. Luckily net bogey max score you can make, which we might still be on the third hole if that wasn't the case. And he's all mad, all huffing and puffing. I was like, no, Ben Taylor and I will take the blame. We should have told you it was 36 yards to cover that bunker. You had to hit it over. That was totally our bad. Yeah, dude, you got to know that Taylor should know that as a seasoned professional, always want the carry number 39. Got to know know that need to know that. But we, we counted a rally. We settled down. We made a couple pars in a row. Proceeded to birdie the last four, though. So all was good. Close he was like happy, smiling. Shot two under in the modified alternate shot format. Won our flight by four, which is what we set in to do. He still wasn't happy because we had to go win the shootout. The shootout was a damn shit show. But it was so much fun. A lot of interesting shots were being happened. Being but happened? 
I don't know what I was saying. I can't, like I said, I was in <laughs> no, Vegas. You're tight right now. There, I there, like a it. Lot of, a lot of weird stuff was happening out there. It's not the most high quality of golf shots. But at the end of the day, it got down from 20 teams in the shootout to three playing 18. Winner take all. We made par, par five, which this par five was really, really tough because the two other teams from the flights they came from, they were both stroking. So Ben was stroking, but all four of them were. And it's par five. It's 590 into the wind. Like, no one's getting it there. So it's basically like try to get it on grass, try to lay it up. And then yeah. if, and I proceeded to miss a 12-footer for birdie, and we were out. But we How'd Lamb take that? Was he happy? He was a little disappointed. Yeah. He kind of shook my hand a little bit and said I enjoyed the week. But I'm not sure if he did. You're never coming back. But – Hey, we won our flight, did the best we could, but also got to meet someone very, very you know, sometimes when you meet someone and you're not, you're not really sure who they are, but you might, you feel like an ass once you do. So we're big sports fans. We most know people. So we're on the, we're on the first hole. And I, the last day we're playing with a guy named Lon and a guy named Dale. And I was like, oh, nice to meet you guys. Lon Dale. Sounds great. We're talking, going down the first fairway. They're super nice. I was like, Lon, where do you live? He's like, oh, I'm from Oklahoma, uh, but I, I'm moving to Vegas. I just retired. I was like, oh, cool. What'd you do? He goes, oh, I'm a former coach. I'm like, you're Lon Kruger, legendary basketball coach, Oklahoma forever, Oklahoma Atlanta Sooners. Hawks, yep. everywhere. I was like, yep, I'm an idiot. And I just walked away, had a blast with them, talked a lot about Trey Young, who he coached at Oklahoma, Mitch Richmond, who's one of his favorite players he's ever coached. Beast. But uh, I always laugh when I, you, you meet people and you're just like, oh, my God. I knew exactly you're like Baby you Lurch down at uh, in Jupiter. Hey, bud, what's your name? Yeah, but I don't what have a do basketball do? podcast. Correct. That's <laughs> a, a very big, big difference. difference there. Very big very difference. Very big difference there. But at the end of the week, it was so much fun. Got to meet a lot of cool people. My boys at Resorts World took great care of me. Vegas is Vegas, as you know. Always fun. Yeah, that's just two to three nights too many to be up there. So, yeah, come back home, get that IV in the arm, get dialed up. You double, also got Double bag IV yesterday. You, what's that? Double bag of IV. Yesterday. Double IV. Yeah. That's good. So He's like, like, you want to just do another 98% bag? liquid sure. right now. Yeah. You can't shove enough needles in your arm right after you get back from <laughs> okay. Vegas. You okay. know what I mean? Calm down. Also, on the good news, both of us got to use a new product in the golf world this past weekend that I was actually blown away by. So there's a ton of like launch monitors and stuff out there. Most of them, if you want a track man or something like that, it's like, hey, you got 20 grand, 25 grand. You want to see how your ball flies? Nobody's got that except for these tour guys. But Rapsado, both of us got to use that this past week, and it's awesome. It's a, it's basically like a mobile launch monitor. It runs right off your phone. You download an app. You get all your flight data from using it. I checked it out this weekend. A little disappointed. My clubhead speed. Going to need to ramp those numbers up. Rookie numbers. Yeah, and it's really helpful. Like, it's very mobile. It's small. You take it with you. So you take it to a member guest where you might have been having too much fun. You're, like you said, your speed's probably not as high as you want it to be, but you can put that baby down on the ground right before you go out, dial in your wedges. Normally mine's about 128. It was going about 111. 101. <laughs> <laughs> I lost no. about 28 miles an hour of speed. But it, the thing is incredibly accurate. It doesn't cost $20,000, which is fantastic. You can use it indoor, outdoor, whatever you want. And our guy, Mark Blackburn, 2020 PGA National Teacher of the Year. Uh, who wouldn't listen to him if you're talking about golf? He's a part of the... Rap Soto's advisory board. As the coach of both of us, and he has a big stable, we're probably the two prized peoples there. If it's good enough for Blackburn to use, it's good enough for us. But yeah, I just got this thing. I've never been a big like track man to see all the numbers and stuff. A, because they're just hard to find if you don't have one. And B, I'm just not that much into it. And then I get one of these, and it's, it's cool to see your numbers and like actually where you stand. And you are going to be get a little so bit dialed. dialed. Do you know how sick I'm going to be? It's a shame I just missed Q school. Well, you want to go get yourself one? Go to rapsodo.com slash subpar and use code subpar at checkout for $75 off. Rapsodo.com slash subpar and use code subpar at checkout for $75 off. It's a no-brainer. 
Zero brainer. This is this is what everyone needs to uh, launch your game into the next stratosphere. And speaking of subpar, before we get to the interview, cool deal this week for the both of us, right? So about a year ago, we got involved in a charity organization called Arizona Cancer Foundation for Children. This past weekend, while you're out drinking your face off and having a good time, we had the end of the year charity gala where we raise a bunch of money, do things like that. A year ago when they came in and we spoke with one of their uh, young men that they were helping out, we had a sign in here. The subpar Very logo, similar to that one like right there. That. Yeah, exactly. And every guest that's ever come through here has always signed that uh, sign. And at the time we got linked up and we said, hey, let us, you know, give us some time. We're going to get this thing filled up. When the time comes, we'd like to offer this to you for your auction. Well, that was this past week. So go down there earlier in the week, present this to them, give them all the names. They're going to put it up for the auction, list it as an item and things like that. They put it out on their Instagram story. I grabbed it. You grabbed it. Subpar grabbed it. And within, what, 20 minutes, we had one of our listeners reach out and say, hey, I'm not going to be there for this thing, but I want to buy it. My phone rings, gentleman by the name of Justin Gershner, great dude, a man who also likes to get amongst it. Good friends with Kevin Kisner, a bunch of the PGA Tour boys, loves golf, obsessed with it. He goes, dude, I can't obviously come there. I'm not in there, but would you sell it to me? I was like, it's not really up to me. It's gone up to the charity, but let me see what I can do. He was so generous, threw out a nice price, took it. He goes, it's a one of a kind. I wish you two idiots, his faces weren't on it, but you know what? I'm going to help out the charity and I would love to have it. Um, can't thank him enough. Really, really cool thing for him to do. Thank you, Justin. Yeah, huge shout out to Justin. So I ended up emceeing this event. We had some of our guests were in the house. We had Max Homa was in the building. Uh, Ricky Barnes was in the building. Bones Mackay was in the building. There's a ton of people that showed up for this thing, and it was really cool. They raised a ton of money for Arizona uh, Cancer Foundation for Children, which is an unbelievable cause. And that was actually like a legitimately like very moving mm -hmm. experience being at that thing. Well, awesome. I heard you did a great job. Very, very proud of you, and always happy to help them out as well. But we do have a very fun guest this, this week. Good. <laughs> wow. Uh, I, he's been on the PGA Tour a very long time. He's won twice. He's won out at Quail Hollow. He's won at Riviera, two of the hardest golf courses on the PGA Tour, and has one of the best personalities. I just don't think he gets to show it enough. Not at all. Not at all. Like, I, I came up playing the mini tours with him. He kind of progressed through all that. He's got a very interesting story. I actually stepped away from golf for a little bit. But like you said, two wins on the PGA Tour, but not a ton of people, I would say, know his backstory or his personality. And I would say – this interview right here, top three or four most funny interviews we've ever had. It's, yes, it's I mean, awesome. You've probably seen him on TV doing the Gognum style dance and wondering who that guy is. Well, it's our guy, James Hahn. That's who. And he is, this one is a lot of fun. But before we get to James Hahn, I got to tell you a little bit about Callaway. And did you know major champions John Rahm and Phil Mickelson both play the Callaway Chrome Soft X? Well, of course you did. Hope you would. It's the best golf ball in golf. It's incredible. Through the win. It's amazing around the greens. It goes really, really far. I actually picked up some distance for it, which was nice because I need it, as you know, Sleazy. Yeah, with your 128-mile ball speed, yep. but still you could use a few extra. But they got the standard Chrome Soft that offers soft feel and short game control, and the new Chrome Soft XLS is for players who prefer the firmest feel and lower spin on full shots. I like the LS because, like I said, it goes further, which is all I'm really looking for. And if you want to hit one through a win, use that one. It is fantastic. You also might have seen a guy named Xander Shoffley do some okay things with the, with the Chrome Soft. I've heard of him. I've heard of him. All right. Well, Chrome Soft isn't just better for major champions. It's better for everyone. Find your Chrome Soft at CallawayGolf.com slash Chrome Soft. Here's James Hahn on Golf Subpar. All right. We got a beauty with us here today, boys. He is a two-time winner on the PGA Tour, a proud Cal Berkeley Bear. And he's made it very clear on Twitter recently, if you call him Kevin Na or Danny Lee at any event this year, your ass is getting tossed out of there. James Hahn, how are we doing? Doing great. Thanks for having me on the show, fellas. Uh, I tell you what, have you. a lot of our loyal listeners have been waiting for this one, specifically one of your former teammates, Peter Tomasulo. 
I don't think oh. I've ever had anybody more excited about an episode than Pete is for this one right here. So anything bad that happens, just know it came from Pete. Perfect, perfect. Yeah, he's got a uh, he's got a lot of stories about me, so we'll uh, we'll see what what he told you guys and uh, how much of it's true. Well, let's start. Yeah, I had to cut him off yeah. after a couple. Calls. I was like, all right, dude, I think we got enough here. Jesus, bro. We're, going, <laughs> we're going back like eight years old right now. Yeah, but I know, right? <laughs> James, you used to be our neighbor here in Scottsdale, man, for a long time. Now you're coming to us from Frisco, Texas. Just made the move. Why the move, and how's it going? So originally, it was all about like this is gonna sound crazy, but like time travel. Right. So you, you, we basically I basically saved like two hours time zone, being able to travel two hours uh, shorter flying from the East Coast. And so it was all about like saving time. Right. And I, I read somewhere that like the most the wealthiest people, all they talk about, like the, what's most important to them is time. And so I don't know, I just figured that sounded pretty cool. So uh, we decided to, to uproot <laughs> my family and, and move all the way to Frisco. It's it's a nice spot. It's a little different. Um, haven't bought my first pair of cowboy boots yet. Went to my first rodeo uh, a couple of weeks ago, though. So it's it's different, man. I, I don't know if uh, I, I tell you what, I did not see one Asian guy at the rodeo. So I did feel <laughs> a little out of place. I'll tell you that. Right. But um, no, I mean, it's just different. It's just di a different experience. And, uh, you know, we're looking forward to it. What did I tell you when you moved there that you'll be coming back? You said, uh, you said, I will be coming back. Yeah. Yes, you will. And, Where? Uh, where we are you playing and practicing? For two months, and yesterday with my wife, we had our first conversation of uh, considering the, to move back. And so. you're not even in the winter yet. Like, nice. It's October. It's no. nice. Now. I know, right? Just, it's like just wait. 80 degrees outside. Perfect. That, we're, we're talking about it. That's the best month of the year down there. Where are you playing in practice? I mean, you had like Scottsdale National out here. You got all these spots. Where are you playing down there? Uh, TBC Craig Ranch um that's kind of uh my my home here for now uh looked at a couple other golf courses old american went up to gentle creek all these golf courses that you know i'm just trying to find a good spot um originally came out here for the the new pga of america golf course uh but they are waiting until next year to open up so i'm kind of on a, a, a hiatus right now listen it's you, a great you go spot. to merido yeah it's Get your a, ass kicked a little bit. Well, Merido's 45 Cole, minutes. Cole, Cole knows me well enough that I'm not willing to pay 100 k to join <laughs> any golf club, no matter what golf course it is or who, who's playing there. I don't care if it's Tom Brady and Tony Romo that want to play golf with me every Saturday. I'm not playing. I'm not paying. You might could make it back, though, with, with Tony out there. Yeah. You might make that, <laughs> I might recoup that 100 pretty quick. Maybe. Yeah, for sure. But I'm not – Cole knows me better than that. I'm not paying him. That's true. But I will <laughs> say this. The one thing is about Dallas, the one thing I do miss is traveling out of there. There's no better place in the world. You can get direct anywhere quickly. You can get home Sunday night from tournaments or Friday night, depending on how you play. But that's the one thing that is the best. But you cannot beat Scottsdale winners. You're crazy if you think you're going to leave this place all winter. Yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right. And that's that's one of the things that, you know, the uh, with technology nowadays, I'm able to see uh, what the weather is in Scottsdale comparative to, to Dallas. Humidity's crazy out here, right? Like it's it's windy here. It's you get all the weathers. It's been raining uh, yesterday and today. We had our first tornado watch on Monday, like just like there you go you know just it's a different experience out here that's for sure james where you need to go is pilot point texas yes they'll get you set up with some boots colt tell them where to get some boots out in out in where do i get texas. boots Cole? oh well you can go to cavender's boot city there's all kinds of different places you want some lou casey's that's the nice stuff i'm not a cowboy boot guy i just know what it is 
But um, yeah. Pilot Point, <laughs> home of Joe Exotic and Colt Nost. But don't worry about that at second part. But you'll, you'll love you some Pilot Point. There's no golf courses in Pilot Point. Okay. <laughs> There's some fine people, though. Very fine people for Pilot Point. But let's, let's dive a little bit into James Hahn here because this is going to be fun. I can't wait for this one because I actually don't even know this. Like, when did you start playing golf? What, what was your interest growing up? Were you kind of like an all-sports kid, or did you just focus on golf specifically? Ah, uh, wow. Um, so I started golf when I was four. Uh, my dad, he had uh, owned a driving range, and so my brother and I, would he would take us to the driving range, and we would basically spend all afternoon there. It was a family business, right? So we would just stay there um, all the way through 9, 30, 10 o'clock, help pick up golf balls and just, like, chip and putt around the putting green. Um, and just kind of live there for my whole youth, right? And so um, my brother and I, we were very competitive, man. We played every sport, you know, basketball, we played football, baseball, like every sport, but just not competitively because golf was like, you know, as you know, in California, golf's a year-round sport, right? So uh, played golf my whole life, um, kind of felt like I was missing out. So throughout college, I always felt like, I wanted to do something else um, until I realized I really wasn't as good as I thought as <laughs> in other sports. And so I was like, you know what? Golf's my only shot. Let's just <laughs> see, see what happens um, and, just, and just ride the wave. And, you know, it's taking me this far, you know, a couple wins on the PGA Tour. And, you know, I'm living in a, a, a nice house in Frisco out in the middle of nowhere. So, um, yeah, no, it's, it's <laughs> taking me a lot of places. Uh, but definitely, it, you know, growing up, you don't really know how good you have it until you you walk away from it. Yeah, let's talk about Cal a little bit because you go to a big time program, Cal. It's a great golf golf program, obviously. You go there, but you only played for what two years on the team there before you took you decided to take a little hiatus from the game. Was that because you just college is too much fun and I just want to focus on that for a little bit, or was it just like, yo, I'm that, sick of golf, I don't want to play golf anymore? Yeah, that's that's a that's a big can of worms. Um, so it, it was it was kind of all of the above, you know, like. Uh, I didn't really love golf at the time. Um, the coach made it very easy to step away from it. Um, and then the friends that I made in college, you know, uh, uh, Joe Brazell, for example, he was one of the guys that um, I was hanging out with a lot and we would have a lot of fun off the golf course. And so it, it was just really easy for me to step away from the game for a little bit. And I think that's what I needed. Um, and then, you know, saw Tom Sulo excel and they ended up winning a national championship. Uh, the year after I graduated. But as far as like my experience in college, um, I played my, my freshman year. I remember I had qualified for the first, like uh, for the fall series uh, in college. And I told the coach straight up in front of like everyone, right? The whole team. I'm like, you know what? I don't think I want to play this season. I just want a red shirt. And he kind of looks at me like, no, 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 no. Like I tell you what to do. You don't get to make the decisions around here. Right. And I'm like, no, I, I kind of wanted a red shirt and like, go out to these frat parties and like hang out and just, you know, do what everyone else does. And, you know, Thomas Sulo, basically everyone else um, was redshirting their freshman year. And I'm like, I felt like I was missing out again, right. My first year in college. And so uh, he, he had made it very clear that I was traveling to the next golf tournament. Um, and so my whole freshman year, I felt like I missed out a lot. Right. Cause I was always practicing and playing in these golf tournaments. Um, and then Pete would tell me about all the parties that I was missing on the weekends. And so um you know, sophomore year, uh, just didn't really have it. Um, didn't really want to play as much. Just wanted to focus on academics um, as well as extracurricular activities. 
Uh, and, you know, it just kind of led to one thing led to another and I ended up uh, quitting the golf team after my junior year. Um, one of the things I probably regret now because uh, it would have been pretty cool to to finish out my you know senior year uh, playing golf. So you, you step away from the team and obviously competitive golf. At what point did you get back into it and decide to take a, you know, try professional golf? Uh, it really wasn't until, so I had graduated college, uh, graduated in four, graduated. Uh, and then I, I was like, you know what, I'm going to turn pro and, and prove everyone wrong. Right. So I saved up my scholarship money. I had some money saved up. Um, and I played in three, I'm not sure if you remember this, the Spanos tour events, right. They're like 1900 bucks mini tour event. You put up 1900 bucks and you play these golf tournaments and like winner take all kind of a thing, right? They pay out like the top five guys. Anyways, I played three of them, missed three cuts, went broke. I was like, spent six grand just right off the bat in like four weeks. Uh, and I was like, you know, I was like, this, this might not be for me. So I ended up, uh, I quit again, right? This time because I ran out of money. Um, and then I saw Pete graduate college. So he won uh, uh, his senior year, won the NCAA championships uh, with the team made it on the nationwide tour, made it on the PGA tour. He was just killing it, making a lot of money, having lots of fun playing golf. And, um, and that's when I decided, you know, I probably, uh, if I wanted to do it for a living that I had to take it as serious as he did, you know? And so there's a lot of things that I learned from him as far as like, you know, how to practice properly, um, how many hours I need to put into it. And so I had worked at an advertising agency. Sorry if I'm like all over the place. Feel free to ask questions. No, no I just want to edit out this complimenting Pete part at the end of it. We're going to edit out every Thomas Zulo name yeah. drop. Yeah. So um, I had uh, worked. I was like, you know what? I couldn't find a sponsor for like two years. I mean, no one wanted to sponsor me. Um, and, you know, I, I didn't warrant any sponsor money at all anyways. And so um, I had worked uh, at a, let's see, I worked for an advertising agency for a year, saved up about 30k doing that um worked at Nordstrom selling women's shoes that was pretty fun uh <laughs> and really then fun. I also worked at a, at a golf course uh in Richmond um and saved up some money there so basically I saved up enough money where I could sponsor myself for you know at least a season and then played uh in Korea for a year played in Canada for two years played in uh on the nationwide tour for three and then finally made it to the PGA tour if you had to go back right now and do one of those three jobs again which which one would you do oh <laughs> to be honest with you selling women's shoes yes so much fun <laughs> right because like you know it's just the camaraderie right like you're, you see the same guys and we always you know talk about the customers or the girls that they you know that we have to to service and, and whatnot and it's like you know it, it it's the it was the first job that i had that i actually had to wear a suit to work you know, and anytime you wear a suit to work, you feel like special, you feel like you're respected. Right. And so wearing a suit to work, you know, clocking in and your punch card and all that, and um, getting a paycheck every two weeks. That was, that was pretty cool. That was probably uh, some of the funnest times that I've had. Not a bad place to meet some young lady folk as yeah, a young man either than the shoe section at Nordstrom's, I would think. Yeah, absolutely. No, Wasn't there like a big swimmer, like a big tall dude at Cal that got you into the shoot? He's like, yo, you should come work at Nordstrom's. He was working at Nordstrom's and yeah. had, did well. And he was the guy that yeah. recruited you like, yo, you need to come sell shoes. Yeah. So he recruited me just kind of, a, you know, in between like the winter break. Um, and so that turned into working there again um, a, a year later. And then I hooked up my buddy Joe. I think 
I think I either I worked there first or he were anyways, we ended up working together. Um, and he actually still works for Nordstrom, which is pretty cool. Um, and he's made it all the way to the top and, you know, I'm still, uh, still doing my thing. Yeah. You're doing all yeah, right. You're struggling. You're struggling. <laughs> yeah. Well, before we, before we get to the PJ tour, I got to ask one thing about the corn Ferry tour, which is now known as the corn Ferry tour. Cause you do have one win out there and it's a very interesting story. And I, I still don't believe it cause I've never heard it from you, but you actually based your decision on the 72nd hole because you had a flight <laughs> to catch in Raleigh. Yes. True story. Yeah. Take us through this because first off, I don't know if you know this, the money you're going to win is going to make way more than a plane ticket. And you can change the, the $150 change fee isn't really that big a deal. Right. Right. So, um, I, I, I'd finished my round. I played well. It was Raleigh. It was Rex hospital open. And, um, uh, I forgot who I think it's Scott Perel was actually the, the other guy that was like tied for the lead. Right. And so I had played well and I felt like the last few closing holes is just like a birdie fest. You know, you can either birdie 60, 17 or 18. So anyways, he was, uh, we were tied for the lead and I was like really confident that he was going to birdie one of the last three to win. And so I put my clubs in the trunk. I take my shoes off, um, untuck my shirt and I'm in my car and I turn my engine on. And I'm not sure if you remember Rico, there's a guy named Rico that used right. to, you know, be the official. And he like stopped me. He's like, Whoa, whoa, whoa. He's like, where, where are you going? I was like, I got to go catch a plane. I got to catch uh, from Atlanta, go straight to San Francisco for my Monday qualifier for the U.S. Open. He's like, no, 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 no. It's like, you have a you might be in a playoff. You have a chance. I was like, no, nah, he's going to birdie one of these holes. So I remember he's sitting next to me and he has the walkie talkie on. He, he's giving me a play by play of like every shot that Scott's hitting. And it was like 10 footer for birdie miss. Misses the green, gets it up and down. Okay, 18, 10 footer for birdie. And I'm parked up there and he misses the putt. And he's like, bro, he's like, I got to take you to the 18 tee box. So anyways, we, we, we do 18. And the whole time I'm looking at my clock, I'm looking at my phone. I'm like, man, I got to catch a flight. I got to catch a flight. I got to catch Jeez. So I figured out like about if I didn't leave there at about 6, 6.15, then I would for sure miss my flight, right? And so um, we play the first playoff hole, right? We both par. Uh, we get to the second playoff hole and it's right around 5, 30 ish right and i'm in the middle of fairway and uh and we're we're debating on whether or not i should go forward or to lay up right and scott had hit first and he had laid up right and so um so i'm looking at my caddy and uh, you know I'm like well what do we do you know he's kind of a i think he was a local kid at the time um and so i asked him i was like hey what time is it he goes i don't know i was like no i got i got a flight to catch right? like so what time is it he goes, he looks at his watch. He's like, okay, it's, it's 6.30 I'm, I'm, or 5.30, right? And I'm like, ah, I was like, well, about 6. I was like, this is the last hole. I was like, it needs to end on this hole. We can't go another hole. I'm going to miss my flight. So I pull out my hybrid. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to go for it, right? And there's a creek in the front of the, front of the green. I said, if I hit in the water, then most likely I'm going to bogey the hole and lose, lose the golf tournament and I can catch my flight. But if I hit it on the green – there's probably, you know, I'm going to put some heat on, on Scott and most likely he's not going to uh, make birdie and I'm going to win. So I was like, regardless, it needs to finish on this hole. So I pull out hybrid and it was, you know, <laughs> like a downhill slope. Um, and I, I basically hit it as hard as I could. It was like 240 front edge, hit it as hard as I could. And this thing is like 40 yards right. I hit it so bad that I missed the water completely and I'm pin high right in this flower bed. And from 240, you can see my ball perched up on this flower bed, like perfect line. And so 
the, the pins in the middle of the like front middle of the green and I have like all this green to work with so Scott goes up there he hits a shot you know 20 feet past I go up there and I chip it to about a foot make the putt win the golf tournament and I tell I'm telling the guys they're like dude I gotta get out of here I gotta like let's like hurry up and do the you know trophy presentation so we do it within like 15 minutes I catch a flight uh make it with my clubs all the way to San Francisco uh and then play the Monday qualifier off of like two and a half hours of rest uh play 36 holes with my brother caddying for me and I ended up winning the Monday qualifier for the U.S. Open so Jesus. kind of a crazy either get a Long tour card or, or yeah. make your flight yeah that's yeah. a tough unbelievable tough yeah I can yeah. see why you do that I got one more pre-PGA tour question James, because I met you for the first time up in Canada, I think in 2008 was when I was first playing up there. You were up there at the time. I didn't know it, but you were pretty damn close to running out of money and calling it quits in Edmonton of that year. Can you talk about just how close you were to like that maybe potentially being your last pro golf tournament? Right. So um, I, you know, I'm in Edmonton, uh, you know, I didn't really have a good, you know, season up until then. Uh, and I remember, you know, going online and see like how much, money I have left on my credit cards, see how much money I have left in my bank account. I'm down to like, you know, less than $200. And, uh, you know, I'm sitting in my hotel room and uh, my roommate was out practicing and kind of doing his own thing. So I'm sitting there like just having a reflection, you know, just like a self-reflection, just like a, a moment to myself. And I'm, I'm just thinking about like the whole season, like how did it come down to this? You know, I'd like saved up a year's worth of salary and all the, you know, time that I, I, and energy and, and effort that I saved into, you know, being able to afford a whole season. Now I'm running out of money. Like, how did I get here? Um, and I basically just kind of told myself, like, I, I basically was goofing off the whole time, you know, I, like miss cuts, go out party on the weekend. I wasn't practicing right. And I was just kind of doing what everyone else is doing. Right. And most of the guys that I was playing with have been veterans on the Canadian tour. And if there's anything that we can all agree on is you don't want to be a veteran on the Canadian tour, right? So there's no money out there. I mean, you don't want to be on that tour for a really long period of time. And so um, I just told myself, I was like, you know, this is, this is, might be my last tournament. This might be my last season um, and no regrets. Just go out and, and just kill it and just work harder than everybody else. Put more hours in, be the first one to show up. Just your, your typical things, right? First one to show up, last one to leave. You know, don't go out on the weekends and all that and just kind of, um, you know, do things the right way. And so that week I ended up finishing eighth, made about three grand enough for the next golf tournament and the next golf tournament, the next golf tournament. So eventually kept my card that year. Um, and then you fast forward almost 365 days. I'm at that same golf tournament and it was like staying at the same house, right. That I'm, I'd stayed in the previous, previous year. Um, and it was like, and I'm in the same room and I'm like, Oh my God, like, did I keep the promise that I had made to myself 365 days ago in this same room? Like, am I that person? Did I, you know, keep my own promise? And honestly, I felt like I, I did. Like, I, I, like, it was something that I thought about every single day and it pushed me and pushed me almost to the point, the breaking point of like, I don't know if I could do this, but I just kept making the sacrifices um, to be able to afford a season on the Canadian tour. And then so that next year in Edmonton ended up winning the golf tournament and that boosted me, um, you know, enough confidence and enough funds to get my, to go to Q school and then get my uh, nationwide tour card that year. Yeah. But yeah. then you almost a cool bought a story. bar that night. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of other stories. Right? Like, like, I mean, I'm not sure how, you know. I mean, uh, Do you have any ownership of that place at this point what? or no? That ship sailed. I mean, can we can we say stories like can we talk about stories like that? Like that's I'm what we're here for. No, no. Right? Like this is what we no. do on this show. We talk this about is the, what the people. This is All such right. a good Some story. We don't give a shit. We don't give a this shit about it. your thought okay. process over right, Let's get real. Let's be real. This thing is so good. Yes, go. Go. I had just won the golf tournament, right? Edmonton, and we get to Saskatoon. It's in the middle of nowhere in Canada. So we get there and I'm with like four of my good friends on the Canadian tour. And I'm like, guys, guys, I was like, look, I had a really good tournament last week. I won, you know, let's just celebrate dinner's on me. You know, I'm, I'm picking up the tab. Right. And so the, uh, the, the, the waiter comes by, right. And he's like, Hey, you know, hello. Uh, how are you guys doing? You guys look like golfers, you know, you're here for the golf tournament, whatever. So I'm like, you know what, let me get a bottle of uh, a tequila. Right. And he goes, okay. So I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm not sure how much the bottle costs, right? I didn't even ask him, probably like a couple hundred dollars. And he says something like, well, he brings it. No, 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 this is what happened. He brings out a, a bottle of tequila. Then the next round, he brings another bottle and he says, fellas, looks like you're having a good time. Thank you for coming to my, uh, my restaurant. This one's on me, right? And I get all, you know, I'm a little slurry at this time. And I'm like, no, 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 no don't worry about it. You know, I, 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 I can afford a bottle of tequila, man. I'm I'm so rich, I could buy this whole bar, right? Like, I'm, I could buy this whole restaurant. And he goes, and he was caddying for Andres Gonzalez at the time. And he goes, um, actually, sir, I know exactly who you are. I know what tour you play on. And yes, you cannot buy this bar. Please take this <laughs> bottle of tequila, right? Because, um, yeah, he, I mean, anyone that knows the Canadian tour knows that you know, my $19,000 Canadian really turned out to be <laughs> that is incredible. It's like half, that's a half my winning check, right? So, I love but, it. Uh, buy this whole bar, bro. You don't even know. Actually, I do. You can't buy shit. <laughs> Actually, no, you can't. <laughs> you should take this free bottle. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Well, no. take it. Tell us, obviously, that was an awesome celebration with your buddies, but you went twice on the PGA Tour. The first one being out in Charlotte at Wells, or sorry, you won first at Riviera. What was what was the celebration like after winning a PGA tour event and over a million dollars? That, yeah, no, that was amazing. Right. Like that's such an amazing feeling to finally have accomplished it. Um, and so, yeah, I, <laughs> I had gone out with uh, Matt Jones and a couple friends uh, that weekend and um, my wife was pregnant at the time. Right. And so Stephanie was pregnant. And so it's a Saturday and she, she wasn't supposed to be due for another, at least another two, maybe three weeks. Right. And so we go out on a Saturday, uh, the weekend after I had won, um, and I'm coming home and I'm like, I got, you know, I mean, anyone that knows me knows that I like to, uh, what's the right word? Puke. puke. When, when I drink too much. <laughs> I like <laughs> a nicer word than that, but, uh, puke. okay. So I like to puke, um, when I drink too much. And so, uh, yeah, so, I'd come home with like puke on my shirt, you know, like two 30 in the morning. She's like, James, it's like, we're about to have a baby. He's like, you're a grown man. And you're still going out and puking on yourself. Like you need to grow up. Like she's pissed at this point. Right. And so I'm like, you know, it's two, three in the morning. I was like, just, just go to bed. Like we'll, we'll talk about it in the morning. So she wakes me. So I'm hugging the toilet. She wakes me up at like four 30 in the morning. She's like, Hey, I think my water just broke. You need to take, you need to get ready. Like, 
prep yourself. We're about to have a baby. I'm like, no, 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 no. Just, just go back to bed. Just go back to bed. It's, it's just quite a false alarm. False alarm. So she goes back to bed, wakes up 30 minutes later. She's like, no, I'm, I need to go to the hospital right now. You know, and I, I like, I get up and I'm like, no, oh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I was like, no, I'm not good. So I go back, start hugging. So I was like, call me if this is the real thing, because I heard there's a lot of like, you know, false alarms, right? I don't know, right? So this could be one of those false alarms. Just call me when you're at the hospital. Let me know what they say, right? So I'm hugging the toilet. She calls me at about eight o'clock. She's like, yeah, this is the real thing. You need to come. Um, and so uh, a couple hours later, my daughter was born. Our daughter was born. And uh, that's how the celebration went. Wow. Unbelievable. <laughs> I, I, had, I had pissed her off. Apparently, I had pissed her off so much that she went into labor. That's her story. That's why. Dude, happened. what a woman, though, for you to just be like, no, just you go ahead and just call me if it's actually real. <laughs> you got to be the only dude in history. To only yeah, only you yeah. have to have won a million bucks plus in the last two weeks to get away with some shit like that. Right. For sure. But you, for sure. Yeah, you the story, uh, that story is that incredible. Proud of, it happened. Yeah, it oh, happened. It's good. a great story. One your daughter will love to hear, I'm sure, one day. But <laughs> yeah, you've got to share the story about the check. Because for everybody out there that doesn't understand, like, I would say 99% of PGA Tour players have direct deposit set up. So, you know, you finish 10th, you win 100 grand, gets put in your bank account the next Tuesday. You win $1.2 million, I believe, and you don't have direct deposit set up. Correct? <laughs> Correct. Correct. So take us through this moment, okay? Because now you're just waiting on a physical check for right. over a million dollars. So, Briefcase so, of cash. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, back in college, um, I, you know, it's, it's called, like, I think it's called The Secret, right? And so this, it's book, it's a book called The Secret. It, it for me, the, one of the things that I got from it was to visualize a check, a million dollar check coming to my house, right? And that's what I... All I wanted in life was a million dollar check, not a direct deposit, not an IOU, not a, you know, nothing. I just want like the actual physical check. And so my, my whole career up until then was like, you know, I just want checks, which kind of caused a little bit of problems. So anyways, um, so I'd win Northern Trust, um, got the physical check for 1.2, you know, took a picture with it. I'm like, yeah, here it is. Yeah, you know, had it on my coffee table for like two or three days. I'm like, yeah, I got a million dollars. So, anyways, um, come it comes time to deposit the check, right? And I'm like, oh, I just put it in my glove compartment, you know, no big deal. So I think two weeks had gone by, and my wife's like, she's like, how long does it take for them to clear a million dollar check? I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, yeah, you know, you you went to the bank a couple weeks ago and the check still hasn't cleared, it hasn't hit our account yet. And I'm like, Oh yeah. About that. Um, yeah. Hold on. Let me go to the, let me go, let me go run an errand real quick. So I, I left a million dollar check in my glove compartment in my car for two weeks. And I totally forgot about it. Right. So I, I go straight. To, <laughs> so I go straight to the bank um, and, and I go to the, to Chase bank and I, you know, fill it out. And the first thing she says, she goes, <laughs> she laughs at me. She's like, <laughs> It's like you wrote a million dollars on this check like you, no 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 the decimal goes like the two other and i'm like no here it is right and she's because she, she's never seen a million like who walks in with a million dollar check so i give it to her and she's like oh it's like oh, okay uh i need to see id and i go hold on one sec i forgot my my wallet in the car hold that check i'll be right back <laughs> so i go straight to the car 
by the time I come back, there's two guys in suits and they're like, hello, Mr. Han, how are you doing today? How's your afternoon going? Oh yes, we're the Chase private client, uh, you know, investment strategist over at, you know, the Chase side. And they were like, oh yeah, we'd love to talk to you one day. Let's make it a book an appointment. I'm like, look, I just want to cash this check, please. Like, <laughs> so ended up casting the check. Um, but since then, uh, I've gone direct deposit because it is a lot easier. Yes. Um, but yeah, having, the a, that, having a dollar check in the compartment doesn't quite sit well. That's that's my dream is to one day have enough money to where I just forget about a million dollar check. I'm like, oh yeah, <laughs> I love whatever happened just, to that old thing. Where did I put yeah, that? Right? Whatever, whatever, whatever. It's a write off. A guy a few years ago had two hundred bucks to his name and then forgets about a one point two million dollar check all of a sudden. <laughs> God, you PJ Tour players are so big time. Uh, that's true uh all right here's a real golf question since you've won you know your two wins quail hollow riviera some big boy yards why do you think your game sets up better on these big big venues uh gosh i to me i don't know um i i feel like i love the challenge i feel like making par to me on a hard golf course is uh more rewarding than making birdies right and so um i love the tough golf courses love like you know, Torrey Pines, Quail Hollow, Riv, I feel like can be a birdie fest sometimes. And I, you know, the year that I wanted, it was just because of the weather. But um, for me, I, I love the matchups, right? Like anytime I'm playing against a big name guy, I feel like I take it a little personal, right? So the day that I, um, the Sunday that I had played and won the uh, Northern Trust, I was playing against Dustin Johnson. And then the Sunday that I played and won at uh, Quail Hollow, I was playing against Justin Rose. And so for me, I was like, you know, I mean, let's be honest, right? Like I would love to play in like a Ryder Cup. I'd love to play in one of those team events. But if I never do, I always felt like those were my opportunities. Like, all right, here we go. You know, me against Dustin head to head, you know, me against Justin Rose, like pretending like it's a Ryder Cup match and just going head to head. And so for me, it's like, I, I didn't even look at the scoreboard all day at uh, Quail Hollow. I was just going like, all right, I'm one up on you, Justin. I'm two up on you. Okay, we're back to one. We're all square now. And I'm like going head to head with them. So on 18, right, uh, I have a two-stroke lead on Justin Rose, right? And I'm like, I was like, this is great, man. I can still, as long as he doesn't birdie this hole, I can bogey this hole and still beat him by one, right? So I hit the middle of the fairway. Then I hit it on the green. He hits it to like 30 feet. He goes first and misses the putt. And I'm like, Sweet. I was like, I got this in the bag, right? Like, I'm going to beat Justin Rose on a Sunday. So I go up there and I, like, lag up my first putt, right? I really wasn't trying to make it. I lag it to, like, four feet. Hit a terrible putt. And then uh, and then the second putt, I misread it. But, you know, I'm getting up there to, like, tap it in. Um, but I, I mark it because I'm like, hey, this is to beat Justin Rose by one, right? So he pars. I'm, I'm gonna have a, I have a bogey putt. And I peek up at the scoreboard. And right there it says James Hahn, leader by one. And I'm like, that was to win the golf tournament. I had no idea. And so oh. I'm like freaking out, like, are you serious? So I have like a little one foot tap in. I'm like marking it, lining it up, like doing all my whole routine because, you know, it was kind of a big putt at that point. And so um, Roberto Castro ended up uh, making par on the last hole. We go into playoff and I beat him in the playoff. But the whole time I wasn't even thinking about Winning the golf term, I just wanted to be Justin Rose. Well, I hope you look at leaderboards now. <laughs> yeah, no, I do. I do. <laughs> My I do. God. That's Jeez, unbelievable. That you had no idea. Yeah. But, I mean, here's the thing. Ricky Fowler had, 
I think a four, maybe a five stroke lead going into Sunday. So everyone thought that Ricky was going to win it that week. And so everyone's like, Oh, Ricky, all he has to do is shoot like one or two under. And I think he ended up shooting like three, four over or something like that. So it was, it was kind of a fluke. Like I, I, I think I came back from like maybe six or seven strokes. And so, no, I mean, nobody really thought that I was going to win a golf tournament. And so I just wanted to be Justin Rose. Well, you did. And if it. you can't beat the person in your group, you're probably not going to win the golf tournament, right? You should write that, laser, write that in your book. Laser focus. There's no way yeah. anyone behind you could ever make any birdies and catch up. Just beat this one dude. Exactly. By yeah, the way, that, that win at Quail Hollow was coming off eight straight missed cuts, I believe, as well. Right, right. Uh, I mean, it just shows you like how fine the line is for PGA Tour players. Like You can be so shitty for a long time, but all of a sudden one little thing <laughs> clicks and you win a golf tournament. No offense. Just extremely <laughs> shitty for eight weeks. Hey, I missed 10 in a row once. It's no big deal. And I didn't win the next one. Yeah. I miss all of them. I miss all of them. Was there anything weird that happened that week, like leading in that you found or, or discovered? Or was it just like no, one of those we, inexplicable golf things where it's just like, bam, something happens and all of a sudden you're good again? Yeah. So uh, my caddy, his name was Mark Urbanic, who now caddies for Tony Finau. Um, but we had missed eight straight. And I was like, so I, I was like, hey, we need to have like, we need to have a huddle. We need to have a team dinner, me and him, one-on-one, talk about it, right? So I show up to team dinner. I'm like, okay, so I'm going to hire uh, Butch Harmon. I'm going to hire this guy. I'm going to do like get on this uh, workout routine. I'm going to do this. Like I'm going to hire a mental, you know, mental coach and all this. And he's like, bro, he's like, you're freaking out. He's like, you don't need to do any of that. And so we basically sat and talked and I'm like trying, trying to reinvent the wheel. Um, he had basically said, okay, look, if you didn't have that one mud ball, you know, on hole three, you probably would make, uh, make par, you make end up making the cut. And he's going through every single golf tournament about how one step here, one step, you know, one bounce here, one mud ball here, one lip in versus a lip out, you know, one up and down, uh, one plug lie away from making like seven out of eight cuts. And so it was really close to being a good season but I was just on the, on the bad side of it, you know, the bad draws and all that stuff. And so we get to, to quail and I'm like, so really I'm just a foot off, right? Like, you know, one foot here, one foot there. And I remember like one of the holes, you know, like starting off maybe on a early on Friday and we're playing, I'm having a good round going. Right. And I'm like, Hey, hey Mark, hold on. You know, like I stop and I move him over one foot and he goes, what was that all about? And I was, I, you know, I was like, Hey, that's our one foot. I think we're on the good side now. Right. And so just these little like superstitious things that, that we were doing of like trying to convince ourselves, Hey, look, we're, we're, we're on the right track now. Don't change anything. And, um, and just hope that we get lucky and we end up getting lucky that week. Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. It's a hell of a story. One I mean, foot. Yeah. Not many people miss eight cuts in a row and then win. That's just such a cool story. One thing we got to ask you about, because I feel like you kind of, the world got to know James Hahn. I believe it was the 2013 Waste Management Phoenix Open. They're at 16. The place is rocking. And you bust out the Gangnam-style dance. And I heard yeah. from a good friend of yours that you were actually going to do it the day before, but you might have made a double. <laughs> it didn't really feel like it was appropriate <laughs> to dance it's hard at that to do it. Hard to do it after a dub. <laughs> yeah. No, because, it's you know, uh... But a lot, of people, a lot of people talk about doing something crazy when they get there, but then they panic and they don't do it. But you actually right. did. Yeah. I mean, it, it's one of those – I mean, I'm, it was a, I was a rookie, right, my first year. And it was like Super Bowl Sunday. The place is going crazy. Like, as you know, like there's a million people out there, right? And I'm like, you know, hell, I mean, this might be – so I, I've 
deal with like low self-esteem at times, you know? And so I, I tell myself, I was telling myself like, Hey, this might be the only chance that I get. If I lose my card, my rookie year and I'm done, like this is the, the, the one moment that I have to like do whatever I want to do. Right. The, the, the stage is mine. And so um, going into it, I mean, West coast swing early in the season, I'm like, you know, this is my only chance to do this. Like I'm going to do it. Right. And so every day I'm trying to make birdie, trying to make birdie, get a little too aggressive and make bogey. Right. And so um, it came down to the last, last, uh, last day on Sunday and it was crazy. So many people were there. Um, and I told, I told my caddy, I said, I'm not going to do it if it's a one foot putt or like a three foot putt, it's gotta be like a long putt, right? Like 10, 15 feet. And so I purposely hit it. Like I didn't go flag heavy. I purposely hit like 15, 20 feet left of the flag. I'm like, okay, this is my chance. Right. And so uh, you know, I, I gave it a good run and ended up going in and I'm like, the adrenaline is insane. Right. Like, I forgot how old I was at the time, probably early thirties. And I'm like, as soon as I saw the ball go in, right. I started walking off to the side of the green and I got my putter up and I'm like, half of my brain's like, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Just, just, go, just go pick up your ball. Right. Just like, just don't do anything. And then my other half is like, do it do it, man. Just go, go, go for it. Right. And so I ended up just like going for it. Um, did the killed it. The shit went everywhere. Sports center, all that. How do you top that now though? You got to have, so, you got anything planned for this year? If you end up, it's it? hard. I mean, the thing is do the gritty or something that they show it every year. And so everyone thinks that I did it last year. Cause everyone that I meet, they're like, Oh yeah, you're the guy that did the game style last year. And I'm like, no, that was like nine years ago. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> it's uh you know i don't know i don't know if i can top it i don't know if i want to top it you know just kind of leave it leave it where it is you know it's up it's, nice it's, it's, yeah you're known for moments yeah one of the you're best known, moments that's, at 16 that's a big moment that you're known for another thing you're known for at least among some of your friends i would say was being a i would call you thrifty right you're, you're looking for a bargain <laughs> you're looking for a good deal you're a big craigslist oh, for cars and hotels are you You've won twice on tour now. You've been out there for a long time. Are you still heavy in the Craigslist game? Always yes. dealing and dealing? Yes. I, I love, love to hear deal. that. Colt knows me, man. I love a deal. I don't know what it is. I feel like I'm winning. You know, it's not even like, it's not even about the money. It's like, I feel like I'm winning, you know? Yeah. It's a, it, it is. It's a challenge I love to that. you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Let me ask you this. <laughs> over under, under $100,000 you spent on Craigslist. Oh, over. <laughs> Easily. <laughs> Not even close. I, I, I'm probably, uh, honestly, I'm probably close to, I mean, closer to two. I'd say that would be a closer over. And over. That's hard to do on Craigslist. Wow. What's the last thing you either bought or sold on Craigslist? Uh, house is 200, 200 <laughs> is a lot on Craigslist. I mean, I don't really know Craigslist, but that seems like a shitload. I, I, I bought a car. There you go. Bought, good, good place to buy a car. Yeah, I bought a few cars. Right. And so, Peter said three. Um, How'd it work out? <laughs> well, those no, work recently, out? recently I bought two cars. I probably oh. bought a total of five or six cars on Craigslist because oh I just love to negotiate, man. Like the guy's asking for, let's say 30, you know, you try to haggle them down to 27, you know, I mean, just, you just do, you know, I just feel like I'm winning. Right? You can do that at a dealership though, and know that the car is actually going to work when you get right, it and you're so, not buying it so, from a serial for, killer. For, right. So from all, for all the viewers that are here that are listening from Arizona, if you buy a car from a, from a private party, you don't have to pay sales tax. Done. 
Wow. There you, you go. Buy, you buy a thirty or $40,000 car off of Craigslist, you don't pay sales tax. If you go to a dealership, you'll pay sales, sales tax. So you're already saving like three or 4000 But anyways, I, the last one, I, I bought a car and I won't go through the whole story because it's I'm maybe still under investigation. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I had bought a car in L.A. and then drove it to, to, to my house in Arizona. And we kept it for like two or three days. I'm like, nah, I don't I don't quite like it. And I ended up selling it, made a little bit of money on that one, bought another car in L.A. after uh, the Napa golf tournament. So uh, the Safeway Open and then ended up taking that straight to the dealership, traded it in for more money and then ended up getting our car. But there's some little fine tuning there. I got people that are, you know, checking in. That's all you you can speak on under advice of counsel. (laughs) That mini tour DNA never leaves, bro. It never leaves. When you look for a deal, it's always in there. I mean, I'm just, I'm just looking for a good deal. I feel like, you know, I feel like I'm, four or five under in life right now, you know, you, just the back nine, you know, I got to making the turn. Well, I love it. I, I know you like to, you know, get your hotel rooms on Craigslist or other, or Priceline your hotels. We had Gino Benelli on here. Who's a caddy for Joel Damon, yeah. as you might know, he's got yep. horror stories from trying to save money and stay at some places. You're a tour player. So it should, I would hope it'd be a little different. Give me the worst place since you've been a PGA tour member that you have stayed hotel wise. Oh, I remember uh, it was we had just finished a golf tournament in uh, uh, Jack's place, right? And so Muirfield. Mm-hmm. So the weekend after, uh, the Monday after, was a money qualifier for the U.S. Open. So I have my wife, our daughter, who was maybe one or two at the time, and then my caddy going to another golf course. It's like two or three hours away from uh, from Muirfield. Right. And so I was like, you know what, I'm going to take care of the, the hotel situation. I got a good deal on Priceline. I got a 10% off coupon express off of an express deal. It's like, I, I got it. Don't worry about it. Right. So I booked this hotel and it was, they claimed to be a three and a half star hotel. But when we had checked in, I think my wife started crying and she's like, there's no way like you live like this. And I'm like, what do you mean? I was like, look at the, look at the mini fridge, right? Like this place is clean. <laughs> and she's like crying. She's like, I refuse to stay here. And then I get a knock on the door. Da, 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 da. And it's uh, Brett Waldman was caddying for me for the money. And he goes, are you serious, bro? I was like, what's wrong? <laughs> he goes, this is the worst hotel I've ever stayed at. I'm like, dude, it's a three and a half star hotel. They got a swimming pool on the back if you want to go see it. And he's like, dude, this place is ghetto. Like, this is like the dirtiest, grimiest hotel he's, he's ever, a caddy's ever stayed in. And I'm like, no, you guys stay in like pretty bad places. He's like, no, this is a, he, he like refused to stay there. My wife is crying and I'm just like, Hey, it's just for one night. I feel bad, but um, yeah, we've had a, a couple of those situations. Where, uh, three and a half stars. It's got a pool. Yeah. There's a dead body in it, but yeah, it's still a pool. Don't worry. Let's let you know, but are you still cutting your own hair? Your yeah, hair looks good, by the way, dude. That's it, yeah, it looks weekend, it, it's lined up nice. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. I love you and that. I, we both cut our own hair, James. <laughs> Let me yeah, see your hair. Cole, what you got? Anything Think else? of all the money y'all saved. Damn. I got my headphones on right now, but it's it's yeah. shiny. It's hey, tight. I, honestly, it's tight. What it is, what it is, and I don't want to be, you know, stereotypical or anything, but I got Asian hair, and Asian hair is hard to fade. Like it's not your typical, like you go up with the comb and you cut, cut. You gotta like blend it and a lot of barbers don't know how to blend and i think after my golf 
career, I think I'm going to open up my own uh, haircutting school because it's, it's, it's a fine. It's nice. It's very symmetrical. That's hard yeah. to do. Yeah. I've done it a couple of times in the past in a, in a crunch hard. and it didn't. Yeah. It's, we got it like ain't... thick hair. It's like, it's, it's, you know, you got to blend it right. Yeah. So I love anyway. it. Well, Sleaze, yeah. one thing you don't know about James is when we were out on the PGA tour, we had, or he's still out there. I'm not obviously, but we had, <laughs> an we, unbel- <laughs> we had an unbelievable game. Him, myself, Peter Tomasulo, and Luke Liz. We play this stupid game where first person to say hi to each other each day. Okay? <laughs> I heard so about you, this, yeah. This game got so competitive. So if you, whoever was first got $5 from everybody. So it was borderline. You would, it would interrupt your practice, and you would pay attention to other guys' tea time to go around and strategize how you could be the first person. <laughs> You'd be walking down a fairway and you hadn't seen the guy all day, and you just yell over at him just yeah. to win $5. But it was the yeah. most fun we've ever had. And James was by far the worst at it, just so you know. <laughs> Damn, James. I thought you were a friendly dude. I was, so so it started off, right? So uh, Thomas Hulu and I, like, we were just having dinner. And I'm like, hey, I was like, you know what kind of irritates me on this tour? I was like, people, like, we have locker rooms, right? And, like, people that you're right next to week in and week out, like, you see them, you play with them, like, you practice with them, but they never say hi to you in the locker room. And that pissed me off. I was like, I see these guys every day and they don't say hi. And I'm like, Hey, Brian, what's, you know, how you? and they, they look and they, they blew. I'm like, are you serious? Like you don't even say hi to people. So I told that to Pete and I'm like, Hey, we should have a game. I was like, whoever says hi to the other person first gets $5. The other man has to pay $5, like cash. And so we're like, Oh, that's a good game. But little do we know that it would last like what, four or five years. Like, it lasted <laughs> a time. long time. Like it lasted a long time. Like we still played every once in a while, um, you know, to this day, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's a fun game. I mean, my, my, my best memory was like, I'm in um, Springfield playing a golf tournament and I hit my approach shot and I'm on the green. I'm walking up to the 18th, 18th green with my putter and I see Pete warming up. And so like, I run over to the driving range and I sneak behind a tree and I go, Hey Pete. (laughs) And I yell out (laughs) the whole range turns around like, what what like he really just wanted wow. to you guys are really good oh, friends yeah. <laughs> and i run back and pete's just like oh man yeah you got me you know like kind of that Listen, inside there's a lot uh, of dumb shit that goes on out there you got a lot of time together you got to figure out a way five, to make it entertaining and that's what we did yeah, yeah. five bucks that yeah, shit that's five worth bucks, a lot that's five bucks exempt. tax exempt exactly no sales tax on that either uh, who was the brian that wasn't saying hi to you sounds like brian Harmon. right falls right by han is that brian Harmon? is he not uh, saying hi <laughs> come on brian you want to call him no out call right him now in. no call him out well, brian dude we got to get brian saying hello I mean, a little bit more we'll talk like, to him yeah like we'll fix this we'll, we'll fix this it. you're gonna I get really you cheerful know, brian doesn't say hello <laughs> yeah it had to be Harmon. it's right next to han uh, brian gay's good. close Oh, that's too good. Yeah, you might be sandwiched by yeah. Brian. Yeah. yeah. Right, oh, boy. that's great. We, you're going to get one from Harmon. All right. <laughs> All right. Let's get to the uh, E9, I think, Sleaze. I think it's time. We can yeah, go you seven off. hours with James. I Hall, know. I kind of want to, but let's. Gotta. you start it. All right. We do this with everyone, James. E9, nine fun questions about James Hahn. We'd ask this one to everyone. You can trade lives with anyone, dead or alive, for a day. Who would it be? You. Jesus, that's not true. That is not yes, true. Yes, I want to be you for a day. Woo, you're gonna puke a lot. Yeah. You're gonna save money on on haircuts and on shampoo. I know, right? <laughs> I mean, wait, I, I want to go one day. I just want to spend money how you spend money, please, right? Like I, you know, it's. I just feel like 
You, go you know, there's a reason I have three jobs, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. But you make it look so much fun. <laughs> it is fun. It is fun. It is a lot of fun. That's the first time anyone has answered either myself or Sleaze. Yeah, I'm still waiting. I'm waiting for somebody who's really fucking depressed with their life. <laughs> uh, all right, next one. Here's another good one about par fives. Do you still play a game of paper, rock, scissors, decide whether you go for the green and two? This was all time, by the way. I do not. Um, that, that one didn't turn out that well that day. Uh, but Tell that story, though. It's so the, good. The, uh, tour championship, a uh, good friend of mine, Dong, he was caddy for me. and He's the best. He was like adamant about like laying up and i'm like no i'm gonna go for it he goes that's what's wrong with you man you always want to go for it i'm like no that's what's wrong with you you always want to lay up when like we're arguing we're like he's like i'm not letting you hit the three wood i'm like well i'm not hit i'm not hitting an iron and we're sitting there and we're like we look at each other we're like paper rock scissor he's like yeah <laughs> okay so, <laughs> so it's on tv too yeah. it's on tv so we end up doing paper rock scissor i win and i'm like yeah i get to hit my three wood right so i pull out my three wood there has never been so much pressure to pull off a three wood when you just want a paper rock scissor just to prove to your friend that you were right. So I ended up hitting it way over to the right, goes in the water, um, but I ended up getting up and down for par. So it was kind of like a, you know, ended up being a good story. But the announcers yeah. were, didn't know what to do. They're like, well, Jim, it appears we're playing a game of paper rock scissors. Could you confirm this down on the ground? <laughs> so oh, they had it. never seen any shit like that before. So yeah. good. Oh, uh, Dong Lee, what a guy, too. <laughs> Dong, yeah. dude, he's the best. Yeah. All right, number three. I mentioned earlier, you're always looking for a deal on hotel rooms. You've won twice on the PJ Tour. you got plenty of money. Each week, the tour sets aside a block of rooms. How many wins is it going to take before you actually pay the tour rate and just have your agent Never. book a room? Never. 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 That's terrible. So, so. <laughs> That's terrible. That's terrible. That's terrible. It's like half. Last half. week, last week, uh, I, we played the Shriners in Vegas. The tour rate for the Red Rock was like 219. I price lined it with a 10% off coupon for 90 bucks. Why would I pay? Why would I waste money like that? It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. And I, I told the guys, I told the PGA Tour guys, like, hey, I should be your negotiator for like, the, the tour hotel. I was like, you guys are get you guys are ripping off all your players. I was like, I could save you easily two hundred thousand dollars in just like you know hotel fees. I, I was actually kind of mad about that. But, but what if you you're trying to get the Red Rocks? What if you'd have gotten something else? No, 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 no. You, I'm, I'm, I'm so good at it. I can tell you exactly what hotel you're going to It'll be. see how many stars okay. are in the area. Yeah, and if it's the only yeah, one, then you yeah. know. See, yeah. Those, I mean, it's, it's, it's a guarantee. Like I'm so good, Cole. I can tell you exactly what hotel. <laughs> For I mean, ninety dollars and two nineteen a night—that's a big difference. So I'll give it to that's you on that. Huge one. difference. So that's a lot of hands of blackjack. Yeah, it's a little different. <laughs> yeah, a little different than your friend's wedding where you saved fifteen bucks and stayed five miles down the road away from everybody. <laughs> yeah, little Dicky, no little Dicky needs to get you on the remix for save that money. You'd be good yeah. on that remix. Talking about uh, the price line. All right, number four. Can you please explain the difference between five guys and ten guys cheeseburgers? <laughs> yes i knew i was hoping you'd remember oh geez um <laughs> five guys five guys is your five guys right 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 and so you know some people just can't admit that they can that i can eat two five guys which is really a 10 guys right i'm like i, I can eat a 10 guys and so you know pete and i had a, had a couple bets of how many five guys i can eat and i'm a 
I'm a legit 10 guy, right? Like I can eat two, five guys cheeseburgers. Like that's, that's no big deal for me. And scoring average the next day is like sub 65. Yes. Yeah. Oh, you remember. So Omaha, that's what it was. And uh, after the uh, Wednesday night, we had two five guys and I shoot like 66. So Pete waits for me out there and he's like, hey, we got to go to five guys. Like, here we go. So we got to have another 10 guys. We have another 10 guys. I shoot another like 66. So, hey, we got to go to five guys. So I have another 10 guys. And on Saturday, I'm like, bro, I'm about to have a heart attack. <laughs> I can't do this. I can't do this. Like, with the fries. And the, you know, and the drink, I was like, no, I, I'd, I'd stop. <laughs> oh, that's 10 incredible. guys. I think I can handle 10 guys. Cholesterol starts going up, right? You know, you got to stick with it when it works. <laughs> All right. Next one. We mentioned your, your, your love for Craigslist earlier. Give it, give us your favorite all time deal. James Hahn has made on Craigslist <laughs> where you got, you're like, man, I got his ass. <laughs> oh, geez. All right, so my, so my, so my most recent one um, was I had talked down a guy. I had bought a car, uh, a Yukon, two thousand. I think it was a two thousand nineteen Yukon, um, and I talked him down uh, to thirty thousand dollars. It had like twenty twenty one thousand miles on it, and so I go in there. I meet up with a guy in LA, right? And so uh, I check out his car, and as soon as I open the car, it's like cigarette smell, like. Ugh marijuana smell in the back like it's just like he left a little bit of stuff on the side you know stuff stuff so anyways i'm like <laughs> i'm like god i was like this thing's disgusting right so i tell my wife i was like hey can you come here and like let me know if you can deal with handle the smell and she like she opens the door she's the option that opens the door she's like nope nope smells like cigarettes i can't no nope, can't even be and i'm like but it's such a good deal i mean these cars go for like 40 dollars she's like no it smells like cigarettes I'm like, but it's such a good deal I'm like come on so i'm like you know what i'll i'll take this one right let me let me just take this one real quick so i, I ended up <laughs> paying 30 actually he he cut it down another thousand dollars um so twenty nine thousand dollars for the yukon I drove it straight back to Scottsdale, right? So the next morning, I got like all the windows open and I'm washing the car, like detailing the inside and everything. And she comes out and as soon as she opens the door, she like shuts the door. She's like, James, the whole garage smells like cigarettes now. Like, just get rid of this car. Like, this is the worst purchase you've ever made. I was like, ah, oh, I just spent an hour like detailing and waxing. Let me just pull it outside. So I pull it outside. My neighbors come over, right? I just spent about an hour, hour and a half detailing it. My neighbors come over like, oh, hey, got a new car. I was like, yeah, got a new ride. So I, she opens up, the, the, the wife opens up the trunk and she's like, whoa. She's like, is that, is that what I think it is? I'm like, what do you smell? She's like, is that marijuana? He's like, I smell weed. I'm like, she's like, did you buy a drug dealer's car? And I'm like, I was like, you can smell that. I was like, no, I just spent an hour cleaning and cleaning it. Right. So then the husband comes around. She's like, yeah, this is nice. He opens the side door and he goes, whoa. He's like, that smells like cigarettes. And I'm like, all right, I gotta get rid of this car. I bought a drug dealer's car, right? So I was like, all right, I gotta, I gotta get rid of this. Car. So, <laughs> so I go straight over to uh, to uh, the dealership. And uh, they, we ended up, you know, you know, long story short, they ended up giving me a, a good trade in value for another car, ended up making my money back on that car, uh, and then ended up buying another car. 
So no, there's, there's a couple things I, that I can or cannot say, you know, depending on. Uh, but once again, investigation. You won, you won twice on the PGA Tour. Take it. Yeah. Take it to a car wash and have a dude clean it for you. Yeah, a pro <laughs> could probably knock that yeah. off, dude. Right. No, but this thing was like it was in it. It was in like it was. You get edited in the in the lining and everything. You get extra money on the trade in if it's El Chapo's former <laughs> smuggling car. Yeah, Guys, this right? was Chapo's. This is like you it need was, to, it was, it this was, trades at a premium, yeah, bro. Yeah, I mean, it, it did have some uh, some markings of a uh, you know illegal activity here and there, but you know I mean, allegedly, 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 right? Yeah. <laughs> oh God, I love you. All right, here we go. I'm gonna test your shoe game skills. See if you still got it, because I think we got about 98% male listeners of this pod, so. Say there's some fellas out there looking to buy their ladies a, a nice, classy, something classy shoe for a special occasion coming up. What's the James Hahn recommendation? Stuart Wiseman's definitely come, to, come like right off the bat. Yeah. Those are like um, the three and four hundred dollar like Ooh. wedding shoes that you wear once or twice um, a, uh, ever, and then put them in a box and like store them off to the side. So those are those are definitely the top. Can you get shoes. those on Craigslist? Yeah. Do they need to go to Nordstrom, or they, can they Craigslist that? Four hundred seems like a lot. You probably get it for sixty-eight bucks. Be able to get them on Craigslist. Okay. Yeah, sure. All right. Perfect. All right, Stuart. Stuart Wiseman. Yep. All right. All right. Next one. Yeah. There you go, fellas. Well, James Hahn, we we've learned you obviously you went to Cal, you won at Riviera, you won at Quail Hollow, a lot like another guy on the PGA Tour, right? Our friend Max Homa we, went to Cal, won at Quail he Hollow, won at Riv. Well? Like, what, what's he doing? Can you confirm that he actually has posters of James Hahn in his room? He hundred percent, hundred percent. I've mean, heard this rumor, and I just wanted you to confirm it. He he has my James Hahn rookie card, like in his <laughs> like, under his pillow that he looks at every night. I mean, the only thing different now is that he's you know he has his third PGA Tour win. Congrats to Max, but you know, I mean, can you be any more of a copycat? Like seriously, it's unbelievable. Like, be, ori be original. Right? Identity theft, man, Max. Identity theft is not a joke, Max. Yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me if next year he all of a sudden wanted to do the Gangnam Style on hole 16 at TBC Scottsdale. It wouldn't surprise me at all. He, he probably, probably just bought your Tahoe. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, last one from me. You touched on it a little bit, but where? what is a more embarrassing place to vomit? The hospital room at the delivery of your first child or... Telegraph Road outside of Blondie's. <laughs> yeah. How do you get these stories? Don't worry about anything, James. We know you better than you know yourself. I mean, I mean, I was young. I, 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 people make <laughs> mistakes, man. People just need to forgive, right? Like, it's just, it just happens, you know. I mean, for those of you that want to hear the story, I mean, I'm you got to get the honest. demons out. Yeah, yeah, dude. I You'll mean, feel I'm better if you get it off your and, chest. You know, some dude was like, "Hey, man, uh, jingling his change." He's like, "Hey, hey, hey, can you can you spare some change? Can you can you give me a tip? Can you give me a tip? I need, you know." I'm like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm, yes. like I'm like, "You want a tip? I'll give you a tip. Here, put it out, put put it right here in front of me." <laughs> he puts it out right all in his all in his cup, right? <laughs> Oh, and the dude had change. I mean, hey, I was young. I was young. Oh. Right? Right, so he had change in his cup. And he's like, oh, that's... but the crazy thing is that he never moved his cup. He was like trying to catch the, 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 the puke. Right. And so he's in there and he's like, oh, man, that's crazy. Yeah, this dude. And he's like fishing for change down the bottom. But 
apparently that's what happened. I, I was, I was gone at the, I, you know, I really don't know what really happened because <laughs> I, I wasn't, oh. I wasn't there. Oh, so good. Well, oh, puked in the change cup. Oh, that guy, you need to teach that guy about the secret. I guarantee that's not what he was visualizing. <laughs> exactly. He's not visualizing about that. You gotta, yeah, you can't envision puke in your cup, bro. Right. You're doing yeah, it wrong. That's what, oh, that is. <laughs> oh, All right. Cool. Last one. You ready? You guys are going to cancel off of these stories. Man. <laughs> no, yeah. no, dude, you're perfect. You're gaining so many fans. Oh, dude, people are going to love this. But They're this is the last one. You. Ready? Yeah. I, need you for, I need you for this one. All right. What hurt worse? Your multiple hole playoff loss at the Sony Open to Pat and Kazire, or when the fake club promoter ripped you off on Craigslist. <laughs> this is a good one too, dude. <laughs> this is my favorite. This is a great one. Yeah. I mean, do we have time for this story? Yes. Yes. Yeah, dude. This this do it justice. Do it justice. Right. So so it was uh, you know, I'm planning my bachelor party, right? And so we're all going to Vegas, and I'm like, oh, perfect. I'm going to get the hookup on the hotel. So I go on Craigslist and I, I see this promoter um, and he's like half off rooms in Vegas, you know, any weekend. And I'm like, oh, perfect. So I email this guy um, and we end up getting the Palazzo. This is when it just opened up the Palazzo for 50% off. Right. And I'm like, perfect. So I wire this guy money. Um, he's like, Hey, this is, you know, he ends me ends up uh, sending me a picture picture of his driver's license. Right. And so, uh, He's like, yeah, this is me. You know, I'm legit just in case. So I wire him money. And then I show up to my bachelor party and I'm with Joe Bizzell and we're sitting uh, at the Palazzo in the lobby, having a couple of beers. And I'm texting this guy and this guy's not texting me back. Right. And I'm like, Hey bro, like wh where do you want to meet? When do you want to meet? Nothing. So it's like eight o'clock, then it's nine, 10, 11 at about 1130. Joe looks at me and he goes, I think you just got scammed. I'm like, no, not on my bachelor party. He's like, no way, there's no way. He's like, yeah, I think you got scammed. So we ended up walking down to, to the Venetian. We got two rooms at three, two or three rooms at the Venetian and I'm having a good time. <laughs> and so I'm like, man, I just got scammed. I think it was like 600 bucks that I got scammed. And so I'm sitting at home. Um, and then the following weekend, I'm doing a, a photo shoot for Travis Matthew, right? And so um, I'm talking to Travis Brasher. I'm like, hey, you know, where are we doing it at? And he sends me the address. And I'm like, I was like, you know what? I was like, I think the guy sent me his driver's license, right? That also said like some, <laughs> some city down in Southern California, which I'm going to be flying to, right? And so I, I Googled his house and it's like 20 minutes away from the photo shoot. And I'm like, <laughs> so I call up Brasher and I'm like, hey, Brasher. I was like, hey. Like, I'm going to be a little late. Um, I need to go handle some business real quick. I'm going to go, go to this guy's house, knock on his door and ask for my money back. Right. So I'm going to be a little late. So um, I fly, I get a rental car and I fly and I'm in front of this dude's house. Right. And I call a buddy of mine and I say, Hey, look, like tell him the whole story. This is what's going down. Um, if I don't call you back in 15 minutes, it probably means that I got shot or this guy stabbed me or I'm being kidnapped. So just call the cops. Right. So I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen. Right? I'm just going to knock on this dude's door and ask for my money back. Right. And so I go across the street um, and the guy's washing his car and I tell him the same thing. I was like, Hey, this dude across the street scammed me for 600 bucks. I'm here to get my money in case he shoots me. Can you please call the cops? Um, and the guy, yeah, 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 no, I, th I think they're, I think they're good people. Right. And so, uh, so I knock on the, knock on the door. Right. And I hear a dog barking. So I like get a little scared, sounded like a small dog, never ended up seeing the dog, but I got a little scared. I'm like, all right. So I, no one's home. So I go back in my car and I'm like, shit, I was like, I don't know what to do, man. Should I stay here? Should I not stay here? And so, uh, so I go back to the email 
and I'm, I'm seeing the dude's, you know, profile on his driver's license, right? And his name was Brian Lee, right? And anybody who's Korean knows that Lee's a Korean or a Chinese, uh, you know, name, right? But he looked Korean, right? And it was like, Brian Lee, he was like five foot six, 135 pounds, right? And I'm like, dude, I could totally take this dude, right? I'm like, yeah, I'm way, way bigger than this guy, right? <laughs> and so as soon as I sit down and I'm on my phone, I see a truck pulling up, a pickup truck, that pulls into the driveway, okay? And then this dude looked like he was like 6'4", 190, almost 200 pounds. And I'm like, damn, Brian grew. He got big and small. I was like, I don't know if I can take him, right? So I'm like, it's just me and him. So I was like, this is my chance. I was like, all right, I'm gonna go get it, right? So I close my door and I run up to him. And I was like, my best chance is if he doesn't get out of the car, right? So he opens his door and I pin him inside. I'm like, hey, man. I was like, hey, you know who I am? He goes, no. I'm like, totally like calm, casual. I was like, ah, does James Hahn sound familiar? He goes, no. He's like, who are you? I'm like, man, you stole 600 bucks from me, man, from my bachelor party. I'm here to get my money back. And he goes, wait, what's your name again? I was like, James Hahn, man. Well, I'll be emailing you. Are you Brian Kim? And he goes, no, I'm his brother, Michael, right? And I'm like, oh, well, let me tell you what happened. Your brother took $600 from me and I'm here to get my money back. And he goes, no, really? And so I let him out of the car. And so I'm talking to him and he seems super nice, nice. And he ends up calling his brother, right? He calls, he's like, yeah, you know, we'll get to the bottom of it. If he doesn't give you your money, I'm gonna make him give you your money, right? So he calls him uh, on the phone. And while the phone's ringing, I'm telling him, I was like, hey, hey, tell them the cops are at your house too, right? Like give, just feeding them all this stuff. So he goes, hey, Brian, uh, hey, th so the, the cops are at my, our front door. He said you scammed some guy uh, from like a Vegas hotel rooms or something like that. Like what, what's, what's going on? And he goes, oh uh, yeah, um, you know what? Let, let me call you right back. So he hangs up. Two seconds later, my phone starts blowing up. He calls me. And I pick up and I'm like, hey, what's going on? I was like, oh, so you finally, you, you know, you finally return phone calls. He goes, oh, um, yeah, uh, you know, totally missed. I, I lost my phone. Sorry, I forgot to get back to you. Da, 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 da. And he's like, yeah, hey, I'm going to give you your money back. Um, and I was like, you know what? I was like, yeah, I want my money back. I already called the cops. They're probably at your front door knocking on your, you know, your house right now. Um, and so long story short, uh, I talked to the guy his mom ends up coming in, right? And now that I know they're Korean, like you got to bow to your elders, right? So the mom comes in and then she like waves at me. She's like, oh, hi, like, oh, you're, you're Brian's, you're, you know, Michael's friend. And I'm, I'm you know, and like, oh, like saying hi to her and everything. And then the brother was like, hey, you know, that's messed up. Yeah. Oh no. So I'm telling the guys like, hey, you know, I'm Korean too. I was like, we don't do that to each other, right? Like you don't scam the Korean people, right? Like it's in the blood, like it's, it's in the Korean law right? Like you can't do that. <laughs> and so he was like, yeah, you're right. You're right. He's like, you know what? If he doesn't give you your money back, just come back to the house. I'll give you $600. So, I was like, All right. so then you I ended up, insane. <laughs> so I ended up going to the, uh, uh, the, the photo shoot next morning, check my account, had my $600 back wired to my account. Bam. Don't mess with and James. Still winning. And you if you are, if you are going to mess with him, I'm going to come to your house. Don't send a picture of your driver's license to him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that should right. be like scamming 101. Don't send your actual driver's license out. But <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's such a good story. Awesome. Oh, my God. I love James, it. you are the best. We could do this for yeah, four yeah. hours and just go through all these stories. But, dude, thank you so much for sitting down with us. We had a blast Absolutely. with you. 
Thank you for having me. Sorry, uh, some of these stories are a little uh, PG uh, thirteen. Well, you know, but uh, your listeners are okay with it, and uh, they will love it. They're gonna love you. They're gonna love you. You know, so sorry to. Sorry, I'm not sorry. How about that? No, you were fantastic. Love it. Uh, Thank you, Jimmy. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me. Appreciate you. See you, buddy. All right. Well, that was James Hahn on Golf Sub Parsley's. That was up there with Mike Commodore for most I've ever laughed on an episode. Yeah, we had a lot of uh, dirt, I would call it, on James. We know where to go with that one, but some of these stories, the Craigslist stuff, it's like I said, once you got the mini tour DNA in you and you're trying to stretch a dollar, it's hard to hard to get out of that. And he's won twice now on the PJ Tour, made a bunch of money, and yet still doing it. He'll never forget his days, the shoe salesman at Nordstrom's, which, by the way, he got in that gig because, like, I guess this big, tall swimmer at Cal went in there and started selling shoes and was just... I guess he was doing fairly well for himself uh, in multiple ways and said, hey, dude, you got to come down here and do this. And sure enough, there he goes. Hung up the hung up the clubs for a while and went to sell shoes. It's un- his story is unbelievable. Uh, it's just such a cool ride that he's been on. I mean, from from playing well on the Canadian tour to thinking he can buy a bar that night when they're out, they're out celebrating, which I don't know if you know this, but $19,000 doesn't buy too many bars. Yeah, when, especially when it's getting double taxed. They're going to tax you. Canada tax you. The guy's like, no, you can't actually buy this bar. I know exactly where you play. I know exactly what you made. But I am going to bring you a free bottle of tequila. Maybe just say yes and uh, say thank you. Yeah, but the man, he is a stripe show out there. He swings it beautifully. Like I said, just he's one of the best guys you can get paired with when you're out there. Like, first off, who does the Gognum style dance on the 16th green at Phoenix Open? I mean, that takes some balls to do that. Big balls. There's a lot of guys that say talk about shit about what we're what they're going to do if they do something on that hole and they end up not doing it. It's a little different when you get in that arena, but he called it, and then he had a long enough putt, you know, that it warranted doing it. If you hit it to three feet and do it, probably doesn't register quite as much. He intentionally played away from the hole to have a long enough putt. I was to like, if you're going to intentionally play away from the hole, wouldn't you just intentionally play at the hole and then the you rest can of hit the it time? right at it? Yeah, that seems like it would make sense. But uh, also, like, a cool note that I don't think we got into a whole lot on this one. He taught himself to play golf just by YouTubing golf swings that he liked. Mm-hmm. It was Anthony Kim and Adam Scott. Those are the two guys that he loved. And he basically just watched YouTube videos of those guys over and over and tried to emulate that. And his golf swing, I mean, dude, it's Purina. You don't win at Quail and Riv. Yeah, there might be a reason for that, though. It's because what we learned through that episode is he doesn't really like to spend money. So maybe he just didn't want to pay a swing coach. Teachers are full of shit. (laughs) I'm going to learn everything I know from Adam Scott right here. But I've watched a shitload of uh, YouTube videos. I've watched Ben Hogan more than anybody. I never swing anything like him. So he's just a little quicker picking it up. It's because you can't wear one of those hats. That's true. Yeah. That and a couple other things, but yeah, more or less. But that was a good one, man. We, I mean, we stayed afterwards and talked to him on Zoom for an extra 15 minutes. No. Just he, He's he's crazy, but he is fun to be around. And he got a little subpar boost this week, a little uh, top 15 for him over there at the Zozo. Shout all out right. James Hahn. Yeah. We'll take it. No mm-hmm. big deal at all. But Chalk that up. But we are looking to do more with our guest sleeves. We want them to win. We pick up a lot of wins out there. And we actually did give all of you out there a winner with FanDuel this week. We picked Hideki Matsuyama to get the job done over in Japan, and he did. So free golf, chicken. That's it. Free chicken. 12 to one, I believe. Yeah. Nice and he said payout. his game was at a one going into the week. I said, no, no. Well, the golf season is back in full swing and there's no better way to get in on the action than on FanDuel Sportsbook. Each week, we love looking through all the different markets and finding fun and unique bets like finishing position, matchups, round leaders, and group winners. And don't worry, if you missed out on getting your bets in before the tournament starts, they have live betting options all throughout the weekend, so you can always make every moment more. Sleaze, I know that's one of your favorites. You like that live action. Love that live action. And also, I love the my new favorite thing, same game parlay. You want to hear a little something? Hit my first one ever this weekend. Did you? Whatever. Not a big deal. Yes. In the what NFL, game? Tell me. NFL. Rams. 
Uh, Lions had a little three-way. It involved Cooper Cup, obviously. Clip that easy. And, and both the quarterbacks. And so a little chicken for the sleaze on the same game. I love those things. But you can also do player props, futures, whatever bet you're looking for. Live betting, like you said, super easy to live in if you see something you like. And then the odds boost and specials, too. Always getting something where you can uh, – Get a little boost from the the boys over at FanDuel. And when you hit a same game parlay like you did, you get paid within two hours. It's incredible. I'm addicted to these same game parlays because you don't have to wait like all day. You've normally bet a parlay. It's like, all right, I got the morning game, afternoon, evening. You need to know where you stand. It's the same game. Bam. Quick. I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, right now, FanDuel is letting you place your first bet risk-free up to $1,000. Just place a bet on any game or golfer and FanDuel will refund you up to $1,000 back. If you don't win your first bet, seriously, there's no strings attached. Just place any bet you want. If you win, you keep the cash. If you lose, you'll get your entire bet up to $1,000 back inside credit. All right. Another week. That week's over. We picked you a winner, but we got to forget it. And back to, to back ain't one. cheating. The Butterfield Bermuda mm. Championship. I feel like if you're ever going to win a tour bet, that's what it would be called. I think I'm about 10th on the alternate list right now. They're going off Jicky Jack career earnings, and I'm right there. I just need a few more guys to slide out. Not the strongest field on the PJ Tour. A lot of COVID restrictions and stuff going on over at Bermuda. So this is a tough one, but I think we can we, – we've done our research. I think we can figure this one out, Sleazy. It's wide open. It's wide open. All right. From what we – this is the third year of the tournament. We've had Brian Gay as a winner, Brendan Todd as a winner. Wyndham yeah. Clark lost in a playoff last year Correct. to Brian Gay. I all three extreme. Yes, you would have. You would 100 brought him home. But all three extremely good putters. Short golf course. I believe it's under seven thousand yards. All wind dependent. But yes, blows. Blo- supposed to blow pretty good this week too. Well, in my opinion, one of the favorites. Arguably, he's about as good in the wind as anybody, and he's looking for a win. Patrick Reed. Yeah. Going off at eighteen to one. Surprised to see him as the third betting favorite. Honestly, when you look at that field. Yeah, Matt kinda... Fitzpatrick's leading the way over yes. there. He's the favorite. Yeah, he fits the mold pretty well, too. I mean, that just shows you. I mean, the field, like, look, first off, someone's going to win. Someone's going to get a lot of money. Someone's career is going to get better. But if you look, Matt Fitzpatrick's your tournament favorite. Christian Bezadenhut's number two. And Patrick Reed's the third betting favorite. Yeah, it was a little bit surprising. I mean, I'm also a little bit surprised being that, like, the Masters is on the line. All this stuff. I mean, you're getting everything you get for winning a regular event. I'm surprised that didn't entice maybe a few more guys to go over there. But the COVID stuff's a little bit weird. But I mentioned Patrick Reed, third betting favorite. You know who was the third betting favorite last week? Hadek. Boom. Okay. A little trend. Are you trend better now? Trending. All right. Love that. I'm going to throw you out my guy that I think uh, I'm going to go with this week. A little man by the name of Mito Pereira. A guy mm-hmm. that got three wins on the Corn Ferry Tour last year. Come up to the PGA Tour in three events this year. He's made three cuts. He had a top five in Napa. Looking back at his 12 rounds, though, so far this season, zero over par this uh thus far for Mito. So I think this is a good play. Flushes it, hits it out of the middle of the golf club, playing in the wind like that. Uh that's something that you need to do. But I think there's a good opportunity. Man that knows how to win a golf tournament. Birdie's good, bogey's bad. Correct. Write that down. I like that. All right, give you a couple more picks down the line where you can try to make some value money here. Guy finished tied for fourth last year in Bermuda. He sets crazy numbers records on on, on the putting green. I think he led two years in a row at strokes gained putting on the PGA Tour. He's going off at 41 to 1. And I mentioned the two guys that have won this can roll the rock. Denny McCarthy, who I think wouldn't bit one bit surprise me. This is the type of place he could win at. You go a little further down the list, this is total disrespect. And I'm not sure if something's going on or if he's hurt. I don't understand it. But he's played this tournament twice. He's finished tied for third and he won last year. Brian Gay's 80 to 1. 
Yeah, and he's pissed off because he just got kicked off the one flight that flies into Bermuda. <laughs> he's going to have a little chip on his shoulder. You hear about that? There's a little flight going down there. They're overweight on the plane. So, like, hey, you know, they come back. We're going to need somebody to get off. And then somehow they decided it should be Brian Gay, who probably weighs 149 pounds. Like, oh, that's you. You're, you're the reason we're overweight. Go ahead and back up. Oh, by the way, you're defending champ? Yeah, tough break. All right, I'll go a little bit further down the board here, Colt. And I'm going to go with another guy that I love his win game. We played a lot of golf with him around here before he moved back home. But Scott Stallings is going mm-hmm. off at 41 to 1, can really flight the golf ball. And he just has a knack for, like, popping up and winning. You know, just out of nowhere, more or less. So he's had a one good finish this uh, this year thus far. But I'm going to go with Scott Stallings out there at 41 to one. I think he's a guy that he can win golf tournaments. There's not a ton of guys in the field that are used to closing out golf tournaments. He's done it multiple times. I think he's worth taking a, a little piece of at 41 to one. All right. Well, time to make some more money with FanDuel and Subpar. And if you've never tried FanDuel Sportsbook, what are you waiting for? Go to FanDuel.com slash Subpar or download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started. Be sure to sign up with promo code SUBPAR so they know that we sent you. Must be 21 years older, present in Arizona, Connecticut, or New Jersey. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. Or one eight hundred gambler. All right, Slice. We're getting we're get, starting to get amongst it in more states. That's exciting. Yes, as they continue to stack up, we'll continue to let you know. But the the ball is rolling. Welcome everyone. All Every right. state needs to have it. I well, it's Period. a no brainer. It's going to happen regardless. So just might as well embrace it. Get you some tax money and let your fellows you know fire a few wagers. All right, go download that FanDuel Sports app and keep listening to Golf Subpar. We'll talk to you next week. Everyone have a great week. 